0: Thank you for downloading this message from Grace Christian Fellowship. We pray that you receive encouragement from the study of God's Holy Word and that you will grow in the faith and understanding of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, hello, everybody. Thank you, worship team. Uh, you know, I don't know if you've heard about this, but on the, on the road there was a terrible problem today. Everybody, before I really get into this message, I want to get this out there and make sure we're on the same page with this. Uh, a big truck uh, carrying a load had... Uh, has spilled and launched all its load all over the freeway. And I saw, as I was there, I saw that it looked like a whole bunch of board games, specifically Scrabble games. Nobody looked hurt, so that's good news for everybody. I got out. I stopped my car. I checked with the driver of the truck. I said, hey, buddy, uh, you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. And then I looked at him, and I saw those Scrabble games, and I said, I need you I need you to tell me something. What's the word in the street? ah <laughs> Ugh, I got to stop. These jokes are horrible. Horrible. I got a case of the Marty Spilchitis, I think. So happy Mother's Day. It's, uh, it's a special day that we honor all of you moms and we do thank you for all that you do. And I'm going to speak to that in a minute um, and kind of go into this message. But, I, you know, I want to say how much it. it It's sad that we can't be together on this Mother's Day. It's sad that we can't give all of you ladies a flower and one of the traditions that we've had for years. But we'll come back together. And just because we're not together now doesn't mean we don't appreciate you. We appreciate you very much. In fact, as I was thinking about this, I think there's more appreciation today after what we've been going through and how we've been working together than maybe on a typical Mother's Day. So thank you, all of you ladies of influence. And, and I do want to point out a couple specific things. All through history, and this is just kind of a fun fact for me, all through history, you know, of course, there's famous people and, uh, that have shared about their moms. And uh, George Washington said, and I thought this was very nice, my mother was the most beautiful woman I ever saw. All I am, I owe to my mother. I attribute all my success in life to the moral, intellectual, and physical education I received from her. Wilma Rudolph said, the doctors told me I would never walk again. My mother told me I would. I believe my mother. And then she went on to, to run and to win. Thomas Edison, my mother was the making of me. She was so true, so sure of me. And I felt I had something to live for, someone I must not disappoint. Abraham Lincoln. And, and this one stood out to me. I, I actually had to check on this a, a little bit. He said, all that I am or ever hope to be, I owe to my angel mother. His angel mother, and this is what I checked on, was his stepmother. His mother died uh, when he was a little boy. He's nine years old, I believe. And his mother had died and his father remarried. And he became quite close with his stepmother. And he called her his angel mother. And for all of their time together and after she had passed on from old age, all of their time together and then beyond he referred very affectionately uh, of her as his angel mother. And he spoke wonderfully of how she influenced his life. Um, Washington Irving said, a mother is the truest friend we have. When trials heavy and sudden fall upon us, when adversity takes the place of prosperity, when friends who rejoice with us in our sunshine desert us, it's these mothers who walk us back and guide us and cause peace to return our, to our hearts. My, <laughs> Pablo Picasso said, My mother said to me, If you become a soldier, you'll be a general. If you become a monk, you'll end up as a pope. Instead, I became a painter. And I wound up as Picasso. So mothers we know have wonderful influences in our life. And uh, I think, you know, of course we think of maybe our natural mothers. All of us have that in common. We've all got this, uh, this natural mother in our life. And for some people, maybe that was a short time of life. and. Uh, others may have been blessed to spend many, many years with their natural moms. I know it's a hard time uh, for families to think on Mother's Day, they may miss their moms or different circumstances in their life could be could make this a particularly hard or a challenging holiday. But I do want to thank all of you women of influence. And, and this is the part, and this is a caveat, and I hold this true for every Mother's Day, that we recognize the Bible is quite clear, a mother isn't just a natural mother. There's different types of mothers. We know, for example, Paul, uh, he refers to Rufus, his friend Rufus, and he said, your mom was like a mom to me. So Paul is saying, you know, that influence from your mom, Rufus, in your life also spoke into my life, uh, and she was like a mother to me. We know that scripturally, Deborah uh, from Judges, the book of Judges, she was referred to as a mother for Israel, for all of Israel. So another example where it's not necessarily about a natural mother, it's just that type of nurture and that type of care and the different ways it can come from. Um, Another example uh, we see with Timothy, of course, we know his mother was a tremendous influence in his life, but there's specific mention to his grandmother. Having that influence in his life and speaking into uh, the, the young man that he became. And then later the minister uh, and the real uh, dynamic gospel presenter that Timothy became. So again, whether it's you're a natural mother or a mother of influence that you've spoken into other people's lives, it's an essential thing for us to have all of us to have. And we need you to speak into our lives. And we're so grateful for the people who have gone before us and spoken into our lives. And we're especially grateful for all of you here uh, who speak into our lives on a regular basis. So thank you for that. Several other things. So obviously this morning, I'd like to speak on Mother's Day. And I have really kind of plowed through and I spent a lot of time in this message. Uh, It was something of um, uh, pulling a sweater string. You know, you start, you don't quite know when it's going to end. And that's the kind of message this was for me. Um, But anyhow, as I was going into my message and spending the time on it, I started looking at mothers in the Bible. And I just want to give a sense, a high-level sense of some of the different uh, descriptions Mothering descriptions that I think we all understand these descriptions, and I don't think it's an accident that the Lord has used these uh, in different times and used them to describe Himself or other people's. You have used these descriptions to illustrate certain aspects. For example, in Luke 13, it, uh, it talks, it uses, we have this great description I gather you as a hen. Gathers her brood, you know, this mother hand, we can just picture this hand gathering her chicks and 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 pulling them together and and knowing what's going on. So we've got a picture of mothering in that uh, descriptive mothering in that Psalm 139, 13, um, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. And, you know, David's saying, I recognize, you know, that your hand, even that time, that formula of time with my mother, you're working in there and we can picture the value of being in the womb. Um, Isaiah sixty six thirteen, 13, as one whom the mother comforts, so I will comfort you. And we've got this wonderful illustration. We can picture a mother just comforting. Uh, and, and and then the Lord is saying, and so I will comfort you in this way, just this comforting way. I remember I was a little boy and I was playing um, uh, swords or you we were playing, you know, sword fights. And I had a big sh- saucer sled as my shield and I chipped my tooth, and I came back, and my mom, you know, she she comforted me, and I remember uh, later the next day, I I think I fell in love for the first time with deviled eggs, because my mom could make a comforting deviled egg. So, <clears throat> you know, by the way, you know, I, th- I want to share you another story that I, I have with about my mom comforting me. Uh, I was going to go to school. I was all packed up and all ready to go away to, to college in Minneapolis, and I loaded my car the night before, and I knew I was going to need to leave at about 4 in the morning. And my, uh, uh, I woke up at, you know, whatever, 3.30, and I got ready, and I got dressed, and I started to sneak out of the house. And who's waiting at the stairs but my mom. And she just woke up to say goodbye, and she was sad. And I was excited, but she was sad, and she was trying to encourage me as I, as I went on this big adventure. Now, my dad was in bed sleeping. But my mom comforted me. So, Dad, Dad, no, nah, I'm just kidding. That's all right. I, and my dad had said goodbye the night before. But I just think that I have this picture of my mom just waiting in the dark, and I just saw her, the silhouette of her in uh, the window with the street lights kind of coming behind her, and I know she was there to say goodbye um, and send me on my way. Well, and then you know, fast forward. I remember Leah doing the same things for our daughters as they got older and they were going to go at different times in their life and take off. And I remember Leah going and waiting and, and that and, and, and wanting to say goodbye to, the, to our daughters and tell her how much she loved them and how proud she was of them. And, and I think um, those are good pictures in my mind, you know, the nurture and the care for mothers. But we also know what the Bible talks about other things with mothers. So, for example, uh, Leviticus 19, we're supposed to revere our mothers. This might be really challenging. If you've, if you've had a past, if you've, maybe you have an experience with a mother in your life that was a challenging experience and you hear revere your mother, man, that might seem like a horribly difficult thing to do. But that, that's the mindset we're supposed to carry forward that, you know, how do we revere, how do we get ourselves to that place that we appreciate what they did do, the positive things that they did in our life. And, you know, all of us just try the best we can. And, and, um, we're so grateful for that positive influence from moms. Psalm 620, don't forsake your mother's teaching. It's a specific layout. Don't forsake it. Do it. Um, Exodus 20 verse 12. Honor your father and mother. It's not just honor your father. It's your father and mother. And you know what's funny about all of these verses to me? They're not just for children. We don't age out of these. Uh, they're things that we should act on. In fact, we see uh, later on Yeshua, Jesus, when he's going to, uh, he's at the wedding and his mom is there and she's she wants him to turn that water into wine. And he said, it's not my time yet. It hasn't started. And she said, basically do it anyway, you know, and he did, he did, he honored his mom, he didn't age out of it, he didn't say, you know what, I don't think you know how old I am, now I do my thing, and I don't have to listen to you anymore, there's still a way to be respectful, and there's still a way to listen, and we see a wonderful illustration of that with our Lord himself, um, so this morning, I'd like to talk just a little bit more, uh, and specifically focus on Proverbs 31, I think, as I look back on Proverbs 31 of my life, and I've heard it, I've heard it mostly presented as a checklist. Okay, women, if you do this, 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 then you're going to be a virtuous woman. But I think it's more than that. And this is that, that sweater string that I started pulling on. Man, it is loaded with information. And I, I, what I'd like to do today, and we can't spend a lot of time on it, of course, I would like to set set it in a proper light. This chapter, Proverbs 31, where it talks about a virtuous woman and, and it kind of illustrates what a virtuous woman is. <clears throat> it gives us all types of uh, markers. There's 22 verses and laying out specifically what a virtuous woman had. Virtuous woman doesn't have to worry about the winter because they wear purple. You know, they're prepared. In other words, they've got nice clothes that are designed for winter. And and so that's one trait. And and again, it used to be that I would hear this in terms of a checklist for women. And I've talked to women over the years, and they try to measure up to the Proverbs 31 virtuous woman uh, chapter. I struggle with that, and let me give you some reasons. Let let's just walk through one reason why I struggle with it as a checklist. First, let's think about some ladies in history. Now, these are history, and some of them connect to the Bible. Uh, there's a woman named Blandina uh, who was thrown in with hungry um, hungry animals for forsaking for not forsaking Jesus. She became a believer, and she wouldn't deny that faith, so they threw her in with animals, and she was... Well, we'll say she finished her time here. I would say she's a virtuous woman. Agatha, another lady, she was whipped, burnt, tortured because she wouldn't marry a pagan. She wouldn't do it. She stood fast. She didn't believe she should be equally yoked to somebody who was a pagan belief, and they, she paid a terrible, terrible price for it. What's amazing about both of these ladies is they were single. If we were looking at Proverbs 31 as a checklist, we would never, ever call them virtuous because they wouldn't have been married. But now we look back at them and we say, wow, you you two ladies were amazing. Yeah, you were single. I don't think that being a virtuous woman is about being married or having children. I think it's more than that. Excuse me. Another woman. Uh, who we believe is single. Phoebe in the scriptures, who is Paul's emissary to the believers community in Rome. Excuse me, I'm a little dry. Scott. We go through a list. We we carry down further in this list of uh, amazing women in scriptures or amazing women in history. Sarah. Sarah was almost 100 years old before she had children of her own. And yet, any one of us would have described Sarah as a virtuous woman before the birth of Isaac. But yet again, it wasn't about kids. She was married, but she didn't have kids. Mary Magdalene had seven demons cast out of her. Yet, we look at Mary Magdalene today and we say, well, that was a virtuous woman. She was an amazing believer. Esther saved Jewish people from annihilation. Great, Esther, great, but if we stop and think about how she saved the Jewish people and what she went through to save the Jewish people, and yet we still call her virtuous. She was part of a harem. Uh, She spent the night with the king to qualify to be chosen as queen, and yet we call her virtuous. She wouldn't have qualified in that Proverbs 31 if it was a checklist. Um, Rahab is another one. Rahab was a harlot and she helped the Israelites and she turned in her own people and she wasn't even a Jew. And yet we call her a virtuous woman. This last name I want to throw out <clears throat> really jumps out at me specifically and it's Ruth. She's the one who said your people should be my people. Uh, she was from Moab. She was not a Jew. She became, uh, she ultimately was taken into the line and was a was an a ancestor of David, so specifically not just a line in Israel, the line in Israel, uh, the line of David. And we know that the Lord Himself came from that line. Um, uh, she was single; she had no children when she makes this kind of this epic statement to Naomi, her mother-in-law. Her husband had passed, and she said to Naomi, even even though she was single, she had no kids. And she was from Moab. She said, your people shall be my people and your God shall be my God. And we know a couple chapters after that in Ruth 3 verse 11, Boaz is speaking with her and he says something really simple and it's very uh, nondescript really if we would just read this, but it says, now don't worry about a thing, my daughter. This is Boaz talking. I will do what is necessary, necessary for everyone in town knows you are a virtuous woman. He's calling her out. He's saying, you are, we all know in town. Again, she's from Moab, no children, and she's single. We all know that you're a virtuous woman. So here we are, this idea of virtuous woman in Proverbs 31. We call this chapter, very often it's referred to as the chapter, the virtuous woman chapter, or, or something synonymous with that. I want to tell you, if we go back to the original Hebrew, that's not actually what it means it actually has a somewhat different meaning. In Hebrew, the word is Ashet chael, Ashet chael. And it means uh, not virtuous woman, but it means woman of valor. So for example, when Boaz is talking to Ruth, he's saying, we all know, all of us know, you're a woman of valor. The word virtuous was put in there through translation, but woman of valor is much more accurate. And what's interesting is it's still used today. And not only is it used uh, in terms of Proverbs 31 in the Jewish circles, in the Tanakh, but it's also used uh, as a a saying, as a statement. So for example, uh, if you... Uh, ladies, if you had just done something really amazing, maybe you were really successful, maybe you got a promotion at work, or maybe you got a job, or maybe you bought a house, and you feel really good about something that you did, your friends may say to you, "Hey, you're really an Asherayel, which is a way of saying you're really you, you're you're a um, woman of valor. You've done something really cool. Good job. Way to go. That's an excellent accomplishment. In fact, there's even jewelry." In Hebrew with statements and uh, you'll, you can find that in Hebrew around a bracelet maybe or a charm or a necklace or something like that. Because it's still a modern day way of saying, you go, you got this, you crushed it, you did a great job. So when we read this in Proverbs 31 and when we consider it in Ruth, what, what they're really saying is you're, you're an amazing woman of valor. And there's strength and there's there's a quality about what you're doing here that's exceptional. It's not just this checklist to be virtuous. It's not a pious checklist. It's, a, it's not a it, 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 virtuous in that way. It's more about being a valor. Um, by the way, it does share the same meanings with uh, a warrior. If we would study the scriptures and we would look for the terms warrior, it would be the same type of valor. So that same attitude that's necessary for a warrior is the same attitude that's necessary for this type of uh, This type of woman. So just a few things that kind of stand out about it. Proverbs 31. If we look at this chapter uh, in its entirety, there's the first nine verses. It's actually, and it says, to King Lemuel. And we believe that this is Solomon. We believe this is a nickname, an expression that his mother may have called Solomon. And And they're saying to Lemuel. And if we read it, it's actually, he's relating her words, her instruction. He's saying, hey, this is what my mom taught me. My mom taught me, if I'm going to be king, I should do this, 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 and this. And I should consider this, this, and this. And we would say, thank you so much, mother of of Solomon, for teaching him that because he was able to be a a pretty good king. He did have some years, a big chunk of his time where he didn't walk with God, but uh, he was good in Israel. It was kind of a golden age as far as prosperity. God had blessed him uh, because of David and and other things, and so on. So we see good things from uh, Solomon, but he listened to his mother. He listened to that person of influence. And again, for our time this morning, it's not just about the natural mothers we're speaking to, although We need our natural mothers. I still need my mom to tell me what's going on. My daughters need their mom to tell them what's going on. We still need natural mothers, but we also need women of influence, women to speak into our lives and to carry things into our lives and help us through these things and guide us in all these types of other ways. So that's the first nine chapters. Then there's that switch, and we go into that passage, Ashet Chayil. And that's the passage of the, not the virtuous woman, right? But the woman of valor. And in this passage, in the rest of it, it's actually 22 verses. And what most people don't know is it's a poem. It's it's an acrostic poem. Each verse starts off with a letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So the first one is an alf, and then bet, and then gimel. And it goes through the order of the Hebrew alphabet. Uh, so if we go through... In Hebrew, all 22 verses, we see all the letters of the alphabet that, with a corresponding verse, and it's a poem, and it's a very nice thing. And for more than a thousand years, on the Sabbath, it became—it's become tradition in Orthodox Jewish homes—to sing this verse at the Sabbath dinner before the before Kiddush is taken uh, at the Sabbath dinner, and so the family would gather around and. And this is where I think it's particularly interesting because it's not the women that would sing it. It's not a list that the women learn uh, in Judaism. It's not a checklist in that way for women to say, okay, first I must do this, and then I must learn this, and I must learn this. But it's a way to say for the men in the home to say how much they're grateful for the women in their home. So they sing this list, they chant this list to honor the women in the home. And they say, you are a woman of valor, you are these things, and I thank you, and I recognize this, and we recognize this, that you bring these things to our home. It's a very, very nice time. Excuse me, it's a very honorable time for women in the home, and it's very much an intimate time in the families to say we thank you and we recognize what all that you are to us and all that you, uh, this woman of valor that you bring in our house. They don't wait In Jewish homes, in Orthodox Jewish homes, they don't wait one day a year and call it Mother's Day and then tell all the ladies in their life how they feel. They do it every week. It's a regular reminder to pull out this chapter, Proverbs 31, or the last 22 verses from 10 through 31, and and, and sing this as a song to them. And the boys learn it from a young age, and they join their father, and they sing it that way, or the head of the house, or the... And it's not the head of the house. We'll say somebody in the house will sing it to honor the women. It doesn't have to necessarily be the head of the house. So it's a very honorable thing. I think when we think of Proverbs 31 in that light, as a poem, as an illustration of honor, we start to see a different flavor to it. Again, it's not a checklist. It's not as much about what to do, as, as much as it is on how to do, not the what, but the how. You know, have you ever gone to a store and somebody at the store helped you, but they were very put out to help you? You know, for example, you say, I'm looking for this product. Where's this product? And they give you the, oh. you know, they, they march over and they point the finger and they say, it's over there. And you really feel like you've interrupted them. Yes, they helped you. They, they might be technically doing their job. But the how that they helped you with wasn't all that great. It wasn't something that will uh, <laughs> well, encourage you to come back. Excuse me. So there's a couple things that I want to I I use that I think will give a flavor of how this passage is about the how. We're not going to spend much time on it. Just, just these last few minutes here. First, the title itself, what we might call the virtuous woman, is actually, you know, this woman of valor. Look at the attitude difference to be a woman of valor. There's a a mental piece to say, I'm going to stand and I'm going to be strong. And even further down in the verse, I believe in uh, verse 17, she is energetic, strong, and a hard worker. And that's the, uh, my version is the NLT it's an energetic, strong, and a hard worker. That's it. That requires intentionality. If somebody's not a hard worker by accident, they're not a hard worker if they sit on the couch and go, hey, hey, it's over there, it's over there. They're a hard worker. They get up and they're involved and they're active, and there's a focus to do work. Being a woman of valor says, I'm going to focus on that. I'm going to make uh, effort to do this. It's not the what, it's the how. I'm going to make effort to do it. I, years ago, I had somebody that I worked with. I'd started in my corporate job, and uh, she and I were on a project together. Uh, and I was—we were both assigned to represent our department on some on a particularly large project. And I remember we were walking to this meeting together, and she was telling me uh, how glad she was to be on this project, but she didn't want to do any work. And she figured she can fool management. Um, by acting like she cared, but not actually volunteering to do any work on this project. And I remember thinking, why are you telling me this? And who's going to do the work? I'm going to do the work. Well, I didn't say anything to her. I thought, you know, she's going to have to deal with the consequences that one way or the other. About two years later is when I entered the people leadership world in that, in that company. And, uh, and she was going to be assigned to one of my projects. You can imagine I worked in overdrive to not have her on one of my projects and, and to as quickly as possible disassociate from working around her. A woman of valor rolls up their sleeves, they get into business. It's not just that they do the work, but they do it with vigor, with intentionality. Nobody wants work, work, but a woman of valor takes it on and what that mindset is to do that the how they go about doing their work to do it with vigor that's a pretty big deal another uh, we can look a little further on down the way in this chapter and again I'm just pulling out some highlights uh, in 25 verse 25 uh, and she laughs without fear of the future the woman of valor laughs without fear of the future this is another how to me so Somebody who knows uh, the, their circumstances don't overtake them. They, they, their circumstances don't stop them in life. They don't seem insurmountable. They don't seem uh, disastrous circumstances. You know, I, I think a woman of valor, the how and when they do their work is that their circumstances are just something they can plow through. And again, I'm going to read this, just this segment of verse here in verse 25. And she laughs without fear of the future. She's not afraid of the future. A woman of valor, it's not about the goals that they check off. Check, check, check. am I going to do this. Sometimes our goals don't go the way we thought they would go. You know, and I've joked about this in the past. When I was a little, when I was a little boy, I thought I would be an astronaut. Well, I didn't do that. That failure of reaching that goal. I'm glad that doesn't devastate me today. Sometimes we have goals and they don't work out the way we want them to work out. A woman of valor has the mindset to plow on through it, not let us stop them, not let that lack of a a goal, not let that stop them. Some goals, for example, uh, how we do it work. You know, people, women of valor that that work, uh, if, if the job doesn't go the way they thought it would, they don't let that stop them. They figure out a way to work around it. They figure out that life is... They know that life means more than their job. Uh, Getting married. Sometimes a woman of valor will put expectations... Or not a woman not of valor will put expectations on what they think a marriage should or shouldn't be. When they get married, sometimes they're surprised. A woman of valor plows through that. And they they learn that life is bigger than this. Kids... Being able to stay at home from work, I know some. Uh, sometimes uh, somebody may say, "Well, I think I'll be successful if I can stay home from work," and then they 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 hinge on that. They they determine their success is if they can stay home from work. So, but if they have to work longer, then they could get stuck feeling like a failure, and they could rob them of joy. A woman of valor doesn't have it. They don't get robbed from joy in that way. Um, being out of debt. Sometimes it takes years to get out of debt. A woman of valor doesn't let that rob her of her joy. What about this? Uh, Just surprises in life. We all have them. Every now and then it's a good surprise. Uh, Every now and then it's a bad surprise. The COVID deal, you know, we've got the COVID upon us. Uh, That that would be a negative surprise if you've been stricken with uh, coronavirus or if you know somebody who has, that certainly is a negative surprise. You don't let that rob our joy. And not, I understand that there's hard times in life. I'm not trying to make light of that. But I'm talking about the big picture. There's a great verse in Habakkuk. But Why don't we have any little kids named Habakkuk anymore? I think that's a really good idea. Habakkuk. Couldn't you see a picture of little baby Habakkuk's? Anyway, Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 17 and 18, it says, Though the fig tree... May not blossom. See this is this is like directly against some of the unexpected goals. Though the fig tree may not blossom, no fruit be on the vines, and the labor of the olive may fail. And the fields yield no food. No food, you know, now we're talking basic stuff here. If we don't have food, we got a real problem. Though the flock may be cut off from the fold, there be no herds in the stalls, yet will I rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The circumstances might be hard. A woman of valor finds joy in the Lord. Even through hard circumstances, not having food is a hard circumstance. Being sick is a hard circumstance. woman of valor, that attitude to say, I know that God is my God of salvation. I know that He is. It's that attitude that makes it spectacular, them, this spectacular view, this lens that they have. Uh, Paul says, Philippians 4, verse 11, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am to be content. He needed things. You know, at the time he wrote this, he had gone through some very difficult financial times. And he's writing the, the, this church in Philippi saying, I have learned to be content. And I, I, know we're, I know this is a man here, we're talking about Mother's Day, but I think that principle is the same. It's this big picture perspective. It's this way of doing things, this how of doing things that sees there's a big picture, that God is bigger, that the designs of God are bigger, the joy of God is greater than the things that can happen around us. This is what it is to be a woman of valor. And finally, the very last segment here, uh, second to last verse, verse 30, it says, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. The how of a woman of valor is recognizing the fear of the Lord and living in that, walking in that, the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, Woman of valor walks in the sphere of the Lord. It is the base and the foundation for all that is wise. We need this, <clears throat> and the perspectives of a woman of valor think through the lens of God, through the lens of the Lord, through the lens of His design, not just the simple foundation, but through the lens of the Scriptures, at all that He promises. They're not random promises. Women of valor has the mindset to thrive. It's not about surviving. They have the mindset to thrive. Yes, they'll be cautious. Yes, they'll be prudent, and all of these other things that we can learn in scriptures. Women of valor, they're concerned, and they have. Uh, they'll look out and be mindful, and they'll want to take care of finances and these things. Sure, but the how of what they do, the lens, the perspective the 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 sense of prioritization that mentality for the woman of valor that's what matters when a, when a woman of valor accomplishes something that really is something because that mindset and that how that have enabled them to accomplishment accomplish whatever they've done is really special ladies thank you Thank you for everything. Thank you for the influence in our house. Thank you for the influence in my life. Thank you for the influence on in the lives of the people around us. We need that influence. We are blessed by that influence. You're women of valor. Ashet Chael. That's you. That's what we're made of. Thank you for everything. So be blessed, and you have blessed us, and you certainly have blessed me. I want to thank, especially, and I would be crazy for not saying this, I want to thank my mom, your great mom, and I want to thank my wife. You know, when we were married, we were young, and we didn't know anything. But now I look at it, and I think, wow, I was brilliant. I married somebody who was an outstanding wife and a great mom. Thank you for everything, all you ladies. So, a blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. I hope you have a wonderful day today. And if you're in a difficult time, please do call or text or email and we'll pray and just encourage. You know, this thing's not going to last forever. At some point, we will come back together. I'm ready for it. I don't know when it's going to happen. But we are a community that God has brought together. So thank you. And be blessed this week. Amen. Thank you again for downloading and listening to this message from Grace Christian Fellowship. We are located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and if you are looking for a church to call home or would like to visit us for one of our services, please visit our site at gracecf.us for our location and service times. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and all peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit.